Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. Usually we think of faith and fear as things that don't really go together. Maybe you've heard people even say things like faith over fear uh, and that our faith should drive out fear in our hearts. And in many cases, that is true. But there is one case in particular where I want us to see the day that faith and fear actually go together. And by that, I'm talking about faith in the Lord and the fear of the Lord. Those are two things that should go together. And if you do have faith in the Lord and the fear of the Lord, you should not be afraid of anything else. Uh, Let's start by looking at an example of faith from Luke chapter 7 and verses 1 through 10. And this tells the story of Jesus healing uh, the servant of a centurion. Now, you see even kind of Part of the word century in centurion, well, century is a hundred years. A centurion was a commander of a hundred soldiers in the Roman military. And Jesus is entering Capernaum, which kind of became his home base of operations during his ministry. It was a small village on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, this person was on the verge of death. And apparently this... um, Centurion, it seems like he might have had a good relationship with the Jewish people because the elders of the Jews come and ask Jesus to heal his servant. And Jesus goes with them. But before he can get to the house, look at what the centurion says, looks like through messengers to Jesus. He says, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I do not presume to come to you, but say the word And let my servant be healed, for I too am a man set under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Now, that is a pretty amazing uh, statement from the centurion. Basically, he says to Jesus, hey, Jesus, I know what it's like to be in authority because I'm a commander in the military. And if I tell somebody to do something, they do it. And he's basically through that saying, Jesus, I know that you have authority. And if you want my servant to be healed, it's going to be done. And you don't need to enter my house to do it. So you see, it is an amazing statement of faith. Now, I want us to think about ourselves. Do we have that kind of faith? Think about the things that you might be challenged by today or tempted to be anxious about today or even tempted to be afraid of today. Do you have the faith of the centurion when it comes to those things? Can you go to Jesus and say, you have authority And if you want this thing to be done, it will be done. 
what an encouragement that should be to us as we go through another day that we can trust in Jesus. We can trust that he has the authority and we know that there is nothing in our lives that is above and beyond his authority. What he wants to make happen is going to happen. And maybe that should pour some faith on our prayers. Again, something we've talked about often is the kind of prayers we should pray. Uh, The kind of prayers where we can say, not just, God, if this is your will, but the things that we can go to God and say, truly, God, because this is your will, and then ask him. And think about as we come to God with those requests, the kind of confidence and the kind of faith that we should have knowing the power and authority that Jesus has. When we can come to God saying, God, I know this is your will and I'm asking you to do it. Uh, We can have absolute confidence that he will do it because he does have the power to do it. So I hope that pours some fuel on our faith today. Now let's turn somewhat to the subject of fear as we wrap up Psalm 85 and verses 8 through 13. And this is a prayer for restoration and even some would say a prayer for revival as you see in verse 6, which we read yesterday. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? But now today we we get to more of that prayer and I want us to, to hone in on Verse 9, and we we can see this is a prayer of faith going to God, the God who can bring revival. But look at what else it says in verse 9. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. So it says that salvation is near to those who fear the Lord. So faith and fear, when they're related to God, actually go together. And do you want to see revival? I sure hope the answer is yes, that you are praying for a true revival from the Bible in the United States of America. And as you do, we need to realize that that's going to come as we see people fear the Lord. Now, what is the fear of the Lord? Um, I think some people want to backpedal too far from this idea of fear and try to make it the fear of the Lord be something that doesn't involve fear. But I I like to give it a working definition of it's living like God is really the awesome, incredibly powerful God that he says he is and that he is, is real and that he is watching everything that I do and living in light of that awareness. Living life, I think, in the fear of the Lord means I know God is who he says he is. He is holy. He is awesome. He is powerful. And he is watching everything that I do. And I live in light of that. When Christians have more of that awareness, I think that's going to be one of the things that God uses to bring revival. And even our faith in God should feed our our fear of the Lord. And that awareness of this awesome God that we should live every single moment in light of. And I think when we have those things, that's when we will see God act. And then you see some just poetic uh, language towards the end of this psalm, starting in verse 10, steadfast love and faithfulness meet, righteousness and peace kiss each other, faithfulness springs up from the ground, and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. May God revive 
America. May God let our land yield its increase and may that start as both the faith and the fear of believers is increased. Let's move on to an example now where I think you see both of these elements uh, in the life of someone, and that's as we get to the end of the life of King David, as we look at 1 Chronicles 28 and 29. And here we see him beginning to pass the reins of the kingdom off to his son, Solomon. And I think we see both this faith and this fear in what David says as he uh, calls his son Solomon and, and charges his son. To see an example of this, look at verse 9 in chapter 28. David says, And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Be careful now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Now, I think you see both the ideas of faith and fear, the fear of the Lord, that is, in this passage. Even it says, for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and every thought. That, that's some of the fear of the Lord, understanding God sees my heart. God sees my thoughts. This awesome, holy God sees right through me. And that should help me to have that healthy fear of the Lord. But also, then we see the idea of faith. If you seek him, he will be found by you. That sounds a lot like Hebrews eleven six. 6. We believe that God is and that he rewards those who seek him. That's a picture of faith. And then the fear of the Lord again. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. So let's again think about how that applies to our own lives and how we should seek the Lord knowing that God sees us, and if we seek him in faith, there is a reward in that. But if we are are sinful, God sees that, and God knows that. And we see just the language that David uses to describe God, a language that is full, really, of an awe at the power of God and also a faith in that power. Look at what he says in his prayer in chapter 29, starting in verse 10. Therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. And may we really hold on to truths like that in our own hearts and truly live lives that reflect faith in the power of God and the fear of the Lord. Let's wrap up today in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. And here we see this idea of the mystery of the gospel and things that weren't known but are now revealed. And even part of that in the context of chapter 2 being the inclusion of the Gentiles. And you see the privilege that Paul has uh, to, to share that. 
It says in verse 8, To me, though I was the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And you see the privilege that God, or that Paul felt in sharing the gospel, and may you feel that same privilege, and may you share that responsibility to share the gospel and to shine the light of Christ today. And may our even may even our own evangelism be motivated by hearts that have faith in the power of God and a healthy fear of the Lord. And in light of all that, may we truly see a real revival from the Bible in our times. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.